Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod. This is episode number 130, Thursday, February 23rd, 2023, 22323. Another Jordan Day during the Jordan year. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. In this episode, I'm going to talk about how to win at sports betting without a model, without doing any numbers, and really without even knowing anything about the teams or players involved in the event or game that you're wagering on. That may sound foreign to some of you and maybe even bordering on gimmicky, but believe it or not, there are multiple ways to win at sports betting, and knowing how to read the market and how to pounce on market mispricings can provide tons of opportunity to grow your bankroll. Of course, any asshole can get lucky in the short term and, you know, string off a a few winning wagers. But if you're looking to win long term in sports betting, there are really two primary ways that you can do it, the bottom up method and the top down method. And chances are you're already familiar with at least one of those two, uh, more likely than not the bottom-up method. But in this episode, I'll dive into both of them and focus more on the one that you're more likely not to be familiar with, explain some of the nuances, and hopefully you will walk away from this with some added tools in your arsenal, and who knows, perhaps even a, a brand new perspective on how to stack the deck in your favor over the long haul by putting some things I'll share here today into your practice right away. So we have a few new listeners for this episode, and for all of you Doggy Juice Pod newbies, a little quick background on me in this podcast. My name is Mike. I'm an attorney and sports better living in Chicago. I've been betting in some form or another for about 15 to 20 years, but really seriously betting uh, for really the past seven to eight years. And I made my move into the industry, in the sports betting industry, about four years ago. Uh, worked at USA Sports Gaming with uh, Bet Chicago Bet Indiana as a legal analyst and staff writer, creating content there. Uh, then in late... 2020, early 2021, I joined PlayUp US as its chief compliance and legal officer and launched and ran PlayUp's online sportsbook operations in Colorado, New Jersey. Really had my hand in literally every part of the business until I resigned uh, from that role almost a year ago. Um, And now I'm just consulting with sports betting startups in the space. I've been working with a few of them over the course of the past 10, 11 months. It's been a lot of fun. And as for this podcast, it's really actually, it's actually coming up. I'm five years old this fall, which is crazy. I started it in September of 2018, just a few months after PASPA was overturned. And it was, was really just a passion project with the aim to keep all of you listeners up to date on the latest developments in state by state sports betting legalization, but also to teach listeners how to think differently as a sports better and, and equip them with tools to, uh, at the very least, to lose a little more slowly in the long run, but maybe even uh, add, add a little bit to those bankrolls. And I've absolutely loved doing it. So let's get going and continue the Doggy Juice Pod. So you're listening to this, and chances are you are at least familiar with sports betting at a basic level. Maybe you're a seasoned better who takes it very seriously. I welcome all types of listeners on this podcast and really encourage you, especially if you're more of a novice at this, to go back and listen to some of my previous episodes over the past four and a half years. Uh, But I'll preface what I'm about to go into by saying that when it comes to winning long-term at sports betting, There are several ways to skin the cat. And in fact, my own betting process has changed quite a bit over the past 10, 11 months since I I resigned from my role at PlayUp and and got to focus a little bit more on on, on betting on the day-to-day. But when it comes down to it, if you're really serious about doing this and and everything that comes along with that, you know, from proper bankroll management and staking and having multiple outs, and no matter what, always striving for uh, to get the, the very best number available, like no matter what, 
there, there are really two primary ways to win long-term in sports betting, and that's the bottom-up method, bottom-up approach, and the top-down approach. And what do those mean? So the bottom-up approach is the one that most people think about when, when they think about beating the markets in sports betting. You handicap a game yourself, and when there's a difference between your opinion on a game and how the market's pricing it, then you fire on that game. So for example, you, you make a game you think a game should be minus four, and after going through you know after going through your own process, whatever that process may be, and the market is pricing that same game two points higher at minus six. So you fire and, and take the points on the dog. Or you know, example with a total, maybe you make an NFL game forty-five. The total forty-five, the market's at forty-two, so you fire on that over forty-two that the market's offering you. Uh, sounds pretty simple. And maybe you have a model. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's just a feel thing. It doesn't really matter. But the bottom-up approach essentially means that you make a game a certain number, however you derive at that number, and find value in a play when the market deviates from where you make that number. This is the most common traditional way that most bettors think you win in sports betting in the long run. It involves research, usually, you know, numbers, modeling. Um, a lot of grunt work goes into doing this successfully. And, and even then, usually your edges you know, dry up over time and you'll have to find new ways to, you know, to, to keep things fresh and to, and to beat the market. So there's a lot, of, of, um, there's a lot that goes into it. And doing, this, doing it this way successfully takes a lot of time and patience. So what about the top-down approach? Well, even though it's complicated and it really is, to be honest, a never-ending lifetime quest to master, the top-down method really is as simple as playing the market and, and finding market mispricings and really nothing else other than that. No handicapping, no time spent on models, uh, no time making numbers, researching teams or players, none of that. You just find a price at one book, sticks out from the rest, and then you fire away. Some may call it glorified steam chasing, and in many ways it is just that, just chasing steam and picking off numbers at a, a slow-moving book. But there's a lot more to it, especially you know in the long run when a lot of it's a lot of art as much as it is science, but um, especially preserving accounts. But that's a whole other issue. But how do you do this successfully? You may ask. Well, the first thing to understand. And I'm really I'm going to go like step by step here to, to really drive the, the points home. But the first thing to understand, and really the first overarching tenet of the top-down approach, is the general efficiency of markets. So at, at a basic level, you always have to respect the market. And just like in other things, like in stock and futures trading, if, if you don't respect the market, the market is not going to respect you. It's the same as in sports betting. And the ultimate truth in sports betting is the market itself. So if you're ignoring the market you are doing yourself a disservice. Hopefully you've learned that by now a little bit. And of course, it's nuanced, but in general, markets are largely efficient, and you should put a lot of a lot of trust in the efficiency of a market. So, And obviously, some are more efficient than others, of course. Like Some markets are, are way more efficient than others. Like a week seven NFL game 30 minutes before kickoff is about as efficient of a betting market as you could possibly see, or like a, you know, a Premier League match just before uh, kickoff. And, and honestly, I'll take anybody's action in the world in the NFL 30 minutes before kickoff. I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm not alone there. But contrast that with a smaller conference college basketball total the night before the game when the number opens up, that's a much less efficient market, especially earlier in the season. And it, it'll probably never be as efficient 
and almost certainly not as efficient as an NFL market right before kickoff that that uh, college basketball game, even right before the game tips. But it will get sharper and more efficient as the game does get closer to tipping off, and that makes sense. There's more money money being bet into the into it from both sides. The limits are obviously going up, which is the biggest factor, honestly, and there's more nuances there. Um, but uh, the market does shape out over time, and books raise their limits as, as the event gets closer to starting and right before the event starts. So at that point, the market is at its most efficient point, and that's our starting point here. So understanding that the market is, is efficient, it's as most efficient as it's going to be before the game starts. And now with that as our backdrop, it then stands to reason that Closing line value, or, or CLV, is inherently very valuable in any market. Of course, the, you know, more so in certain markets than others. So, uh, But if you beat the closing line over time, generally, and, and almost without exception, you will win in the long term. And really, really, if, once you have enough you know, sample size over time, it's, it's, very, uh, it's as sure of a science as you can get. So don't pay attention to any short-term bullshit on this, on, on CLV. I can assure you, if you meaningfully beat the closing line over a meaningful amount of time, especially in more efficient markets with higher limits, you will win long-term in this racket. So the goal with the top-down approach in sports betting, and really the bottom-up approach too, for that matter, is to strive to get as much CLV as possible on every single position you take. So now that we've established that markets are efficient, some more than others, we've established that the market will be most efficient when when limits are highest and as close to the event starting as possible. We've also established that getting closing line value at a price that is favorable to what the closing line is, it and it will be most efficient at that time, obviously, right when, when the game closes, more often than not. Um, there's always exceptions to all of this, but the, all of that is paramount to winning at sports betting. But now the million-dollar question, how do you do this? How do I know I'm getting a price that is off-market and likely to provide me with with CLV if I bet it? Well, the answer to that is really comes down to knowing what the sharp line is at the time. And in most cases, that's the price that a sharp book, you know, a book that actually takes bets from sharper bettors with higher limits, is offering. But it doesn't necessarily have to be what a book like Pinnacle or Circa are offering. It's really what it comes down to is it's, it's a term that, that Captain Jack, I heard from him first, so I have to give him credit, but what you need to find is your source of truth. And that source of truth can really come in, in many different ways, but the easiest and most common example is what I just said, uh, the line that a sharp book is offering at that same time. And it's important to remember what a sharp book is and, and which ones are the, the sharp books and which ones are the square books, which I'll get to in a moment. But that source of truth it, it could also be a person in your network, or maybe uh, you know someone with a, a bottom-up approach, and they have a model, and they give you their numbers, and, and you trust those numbers. Or maybe you get a piece of information from an outside source that you're confident uh, the market isn't pricing in yet, like a player injury or, or some player-related news, the most common likely examples that will impact uh, you know the, the line of the game, that player's inability to, to suit up for the game, and it's not captured in the market yet. Uh, and that source of truth can simply really even be the, the market consensus itself close to tip-off or kick-off in a highly efficient market. And you don't really have to do all, all the work that you do when you're solely betting the, the bottom-up approach. For the top-down approach, you're merely just exploiting a market inefficiency in the sense that, you know, for whatever reason, a given book or, or out that you have is offering a price that is materially off what your source of truth is or what the market consensus is which of course is another reason to have as many outs as you possibly can. So 
I just mentioned that the most common way to put the top-down approach, and really the easiest one to put into practice right away, is to use a sharp book as your source of truth. And a sharp book, it's it's a bit subjective, but what I'm referring to there is, is a book that actually takes larger bets and has higher limits, that doesn't restrict or limit customers for winning, has more liquidity in its markets. And uh, that's just in general, but a lot of people know generally what these books are, and I'm going to dive into them a little bit right now. But these are usually the market-making books, and the ones you know, the ones that are brave enough to post their numbers first, and that that does vary by sport. And it also means that you need an understanding though of which books are sharp and which ones are square. And when digging even deeper, you know, which ones are sharper in, in particular sports or markets than others. And unfortunately, the answer to that is not as cut and dry as it used to be. But in general, and this is this should be your takeaway: the, the sharper books are still actually, for the most part, the offshore books, you know, the ones that are not regulated here in the U.S., namely Pinnacle, which I've mentioned before, uh, Bet Chris, or, or Bookmaker. And here in the U.S. regulated market, the easy example is Circa, Circa Sports. So each of those books that I just mentioned have their strengths and weaknesses. Each of those um, serves as the worldwide market maker for particular sports. Pinnacle used to really do everything um, they would be the market leader, and all their books would just wait really for Pinnacle to post their lines until the Pinnacle line was up, and then they would they would put theirs up. But uh, Penny has lost its mojo a bit you know, over the last decade, decade and a half or so. It's still you know, probably the pound for pound the sharpest book out there, but um, there are other market making books that have emerged really over the past few years, uh, namely the you know, the aforementioned Bet Chris and Circa, um, and and really more so the former when it comes to actual market making, but Circa is carving out a nice niche for itself by um, becoming the opener, at least in college football and even now college basketball. This is, you know, this is just in general, but it's good to know that those encircle those books as most likely being your sharp books. Um, and by contrast, the square books are the ones that you, know, you would expect them to be the ones that are known for limiting players here in the U S. So unfortunately here at stateside, that's the vast majority of legal regulated online sports books. But um, the squarest of the square, though, are you know, the Canby books, Bet Rivers, Barstool. Um, those are notorious for limiting anyone who shows a pulse. Oh, yeah. But also Bet MGM and, and Points Bet is known for being quick to limit as well. Um, in terms of the big boys, FanDuel and DraftKings, it's it's mixed bag. But and you know they're showing signs of getting a little bit better. And at least in my experience, FanDuel and uh, especially, but. If you get enough CLV over time, you're really you're up against it in terms of not getting limited um, in select or all markets at, at those books too. But in general, though, all things equal, the takeaway is more often than not, you should be looking at Pinnacle, Chris, Bookmaker, and Circa as your source of truth. And if you're fortunate enough to still have a, a BetMGM account that lets you get down, when BetMGM is hanging plus four and Pinnacle's hanging plus three, odds are overwhelming, if not almost a sure thing, that the Pinnacle line is the sharper line, and you should take the plus four that's available at BetMGM if they're letting you get down. And, and you'll significantly increase your chance of having a bet that is valuable CLV when you do that, and you're going to put yourself in a great spot to win in the long run by, by really by doing just that over many, many trials. So, um, yes, you will inevitably have to have a run where you you, know, you lose several of these market positions with CLV in a row, uh, but fear not, because in the long run, the law of large numbers will take hold, and those edges will reign supreme over time. So it's important not to, you know, I always say this, not be bogged down by short-term results, especially when it's the early results and it's easy to get you know disheartened by some of this stuff. But it's really just putting the math in your favor at the end of the day. And this is not to say that you should be blindly 
going out there and, and taking any market that is you know a half point off or a full point off what Pinnacle is offering. But you know, obviously, if it was that easy, everyone would be would be doing it. But there are worse things that you you can do than doing that, honestly. And and you know, it's, you're, you're probably in good shape if you do that, especially if it's Pinnacle, really one of those square books that I mentioned. It's pretty safe to say that the Pinnacle line is going to be uh, going to be the better one. And you, you might not win long term if you do you know just blindly do this, but you'd probably be more in the 51, 52 percent range. And you know, as we know, you got to hit. 52.38% uh, to, um, to 52.4% essentially the, to at minus 110 to break even over time. So uh, maybe you won't win, but you'll certainly lower that uh, synthetic hold uh, on the books if you're if you're just doing it that way. But it's also important to remember too that not every half point you know or point is is created equal. Remember that you know moving on and off a three is worth in the NFL is worth about 19 to 20 cents, uh, and but on and off a 12 and a half or uh, or you know, to twelve or thirteen is just a small fraction of that price. And there's resources out there that can really help you learn the value of price and and really how big of an edge you might have uh, when you're looking at you know a off off market position to take. Um, and you know, there's resources out there. I'm not paid to say this, but unabated um, is a fantastic one to use. They have their you know, their calculators where you can you know discern the value of of relative points by sport. And right now, it's just the best part about all this is it's such a unique time such a unique opportunity with more outs than than ever before um more markets than ever before and new tools out there like like unabated to quickly help you sift through the current pricing and really attack some of these markets especially at some of these square books if you're able to get down it's it's really ripe in there for the taking and it's also important to remember it takes two sides to make a market you know that should always be at your backdrop and the more efficient the market the more valuable your CLV is when you, when you get it for that market and of course once you do this for long enough the issue that you'll you know <laughs> at that point will eventually become preserving your outs so you could still get down but that's an entirely separate issue that we'll tackle another day so just remember as i've said here many times as legendary vegas odds maker jimmy Ficaro likes to say Joe's bet teams, pros bet numbers. None of this is going to matter at all if you're not getting the very best price. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Podcast. As always, follow the pod on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice, and you can follow me on Twitter at Michael Roselli. If you enjoyed listening to this, then please rate the Doggy Juice Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review, even a quick rating. just takes 10, 15 seconds. really helps get this pod out to more people who can benefit from it. So I'd really appreciate that as we try to grow the Doggy Juice fam now that episodes are back on a regular basis again. I had the pleasure of going on friend of the pod, Matt Landis's podcast, Props and Hops, again this week. Um... It's actually going to be a two-part episode. He released the first part already, but we had an awesome conversation about the latest updates in sports betting legalization on a state-by-state basis and some of the issues, you know, just macro issues in the industry right now. But we also dove in into greater detail about some of the stuff I talked about on this episode, um, you know, the top-down approach and how my betting has changed a bit uh, over the past 10, 11 months. So be sure to check that one out. Honestly, that's a great podcast you should already have as, you know, part of your rotation anyway. Uh, But be sure to check that one out at Props and Hop. And Matt's doing great stuff over there. So uh, check that episode out. As for the next episode of the Doggy Juice Pod, I will talk about why paying attention to betting splits is largely a waste of time, or at least the way they're they're likely being reported to you, especially at, at certain sports books. So I'll get into that next time. In the meantime, enjoy the games this weekend. Good luck on your action. And I'll talk to you all again soon. Doggy Juice out. <laughs> Thank you.
plums getting all swollen. 